0: Of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the word of God. Yes, shall we have a word of prayer? Everlasting Father. Once again we have come to explore faith. And the challenges, the tests, and the trial of faith. Our prayer, Father, is that these things will be clear to us. And then we shall act to please you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For the past weeks, we have been looking at faith. Faith in God. And we tried to define faith and to list its importance, explain the enemies of faith, and line up the friends of faith. And basically, we came to the conclusion that faith is trust, unshakable trust. And faith in God demands a consciousness, an awareness of the existence of an unseen realm, a spiritual realm, a spiritual world where God exists and where Satan exists and the promises of God. Exist. This is why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 can say, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And Hebrews 11 6 can say, without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God, must believe that God exists and He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek Him. Today, I want to tell you a story about how my faith in God's uh, provision for my household grew. You know, as a young pastor, I learned to give or pay my tithes. But as time went on, the Lord convinced me to pay 20%, meaning two times my tithes. Then after some time, I started paying 30%. When I came to Accra on transfer as a pastor, one day had an encounter with the lord and he impressed on my heart to give away half of my salary i started doing it for some time and then the blow came that i should not take salary from the church i should work for him he will look after me so i believed him even though I didn't know where the money would come from. The month I declared that I would begin, uh, the end of the month came very quickly, and there was no housekeeping money. And my wife had already told me that, well, she believes me if I say it is God who is speaking to me. But she needs money you know, to go to the market and buy food. We had five children and the visitors came to the house and there were things we needed to do. So she needed cash. So if I said God was speaking to me, that's okay, but at the end of the month, the money must come. The end of that month, a church member who had not spoken or written to me from the US for a very long time sent me a Christmas card and when I opened it $100 and at that time that was exactly the money I was giving for keeping the house I rejoiced, I shouted, I blessed the Lord and I gave it to her but all too soon the month ended and I had to produce another chop money wow I had gone to preach somewhere and I did, because I didn't have money for petrol I took a soft loan from my wife and when I went uh, they didn't even give me any honorarium and so um, my wife is nervous whenever I share this when I came back she asked me how much did they give you and I said nothing Uh, but there was a gentleman there who said I should meet him the next day at a restaurant and when we met after we finished speaking he gave me a hundred dollars can you imagine I sent it home and I was a champion then The next month came. But God is my witness. For a period of about four, five years, I didn't take salary from the church. And each month, God provided money for my household. And it built my faith. It strengthened me. I told myself, God is able to take care of me. Salary or no salary. And from that day, I stopped looking to the church or any human being for provision. God is my Father. He takes care of me. Okay, today, we want to examine the trial, the testing, and challenges of faith. When we talk about tests, in faith life. We are talking about delayed answers to prayer. We are talking about times when the answer to the prayer is instantaneous, but after that, something happens again to take it away. We are talking about praying building your faith on a promise of God and the will of God and you die not having received what you felt God promised we are talking about disappointments we are talking about times when you need to strike and strike and strike before your faith breaks through to get results for you normally the answer to your faith should be instantaneous. For example, when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, it was after a delay and Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. But when he said, Lazarus, come forth, John chapter 11, we are told that the dead man came out and In Mark chapter 8 The story is told of The blind man Jesus had to heal Twice The first touch The man saw people like trees And he needed a second touch From Jesus himself Before he could see Clearly Then You talk about delay In the case of Abraham He was promised a child by Genesis chapter 15. But it's Genesis 21, after 25 years that the child came. So, there are delays in faith. And if you study the Hebrews chapter 11, you see that many of those people... They never got what they had the faith for. They did not receive it. And they died without it. So, the big question is, why does God allow our faith to be tested? Why, why do we have trial of faith? My wife, when our daughter was ill, she was six years old and by the time we landed at Kolebu Hospital, we found out that it was leukemia and my wife narrates this story with passion. She said she exercised all the faith she had. She confessed things she hadn't committed and trusted in God full throttle And the child died. And her faith was shattered. It took time for her to come back alive. So you are hoping for a wife or a husband. Year after year nothing turns up. You, God has promised to bless you financially. Year after year things are worsening. Or God says He will give you a car. He will give you a house. Somebody has promised to employ you. You are sick, and you are trusting the Lord with all your faith to heal you. And you, the sickness is worsening. The next time you go to the hospital, you say, "Oh, the cancer is spreading." So, why does God test faith? I will try and pile up the reasons for you to convince you that even though it is not pleasant, the trial and testing of our faith is a necessary ingredient to our walk with God. Number one, testing of our faith exposes us to ourselves. Many times when God tells us something about ourselves, we don't believe him. We feel that our faith is stronger than that. A good example is when Jesus told Peter that he would deny him thrice before the cock crows. Peter did not believe Jesus. He said, Even if all these people deny you, I'm not such. You don't know who you are talking to. I'm Peter. I am the tough man's tough man. And Jesus told him in Luke 22 31 and 32 that, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren It was when he denied Jesus thrice before a maid and the cock crew then he woke up his face his eyes met Jesus and he went and wept Many times We don't believe even God when he tells us that uh, we have a weakness in our faith somewhere. It is only when the faith is tested that what is in us comes out. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 1 to verse 4 and then verse 16 God was telling the Israelites, Remember how the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. And he suffered you to be hungry, fed you with manna, to test you and to know what is in your heart. So the testing of faith exposes us to ourselves. And makes us see which areas we need to pray about, we need to be on guard, which areas we need to grow. The second reason why the testing of our faith is important is that God Himself is a tester. In Jeremiah seventeen, verses nine and ten, He says the heart. Is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, I test the heart and try the reins. You know, and Jesus also said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 23, that I try the reins, I test the heart. The God we are working with delights in testing, giving examination. Now, till today, even though I am an adult, I never enjoy exams. I I don't... I I, I find myself, when I'm going for an interview, I find myself having to prepare and to... You know, those type of things. God is a tester. God, He tests the heart. He tests the reins. He tests all human beings for his own purposes. So, we are working with a God who tests. And you must understand that he tests you so that he too can prove a point. Now, you ask me, but God he knows all of us Why does he test again? Genesis chapter 22 is a classic case. After giving Isaac to Abraham, many years of waiting, God intentionally tested Abraham and said, I want your son, the one you love. You know, now that you have sent away Ishmael, I want you to go and offer Isaac. On an altar on, the, on Mount Moriah. Where I will show you. So Abraham took the child. And after a three day journey. He built the altar. Laid the firewood on. Tied up Isaac. And took his knife. And he was about to slay the child. When God called from heaven and said. Abraham. Abraham, don't do anything to the child. Now I know that you fear me. You see, he knew Abraham loved him and feared him and obeyed him. But the test of his faith to see whether he would surrender Isaac was a further proof for him to continue to say by myself I swear that in blessing I will bless you in multiplying I will multiply your seed like the stars of heaven and the sand upon the seashore your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me so whenever God tests you and you pass the test, he's excited because it further proves to him that you love him. Number three, the testing of our faith gives away our real motives in serving God. The classic example here is Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. God was praising Job before Satan. And Satan smiled and said, Does Job serve God for nothing? He fears you because of the blessing that he has of these material things. That's what. If you like, remove your hand from the material properties he has and see whether he won't curse you to your face. All this fear of God, worshipping God, blessing God, thanking God is hypocrisy. Is the is just because you are blessing the real Job does not love you. So God said, Okay, it's a deal. Let's go. And he allowed Satan to destroy all Job's property And ten children in one day. And Job shaved himself, tore his clothes, and sat in dust and ashes, and said, "I naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will go. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." And in all that, Job did not sin. So Job proved to God and Satan and man that he was not worshipping God because of material things. Now this is critical because it was the trial of Job's faith which brought out the fact that his motive for serving God was not just for prosperity. He was not just living for this world and this world's goods. And his worship of God was deeper than just bless me and I'll worship you. Number four. Trial of faith helps us to strengthen other brethren. I have already mentioned the Luke 22, 31 and 32. Jesus told Simon that when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. If your faith has been tried and tested and you go through a tough thing or circumstance, when you stand before people to testify, it's a glory. I met a pastor last week who after his marriage waited 8 years before they had their first child as he testified you could see the glory of God written all over him I have a couple and last year was the 16th year of their marriage without a child then God gave them twins Can you imagine when they stand before the church to talk about how they went through that delay and still kept faithing, believing God, pressing on, waiting upon the Lord until it happened. Can you believe the glory, the way people in the church who are also going through that will be built up, they will be strengthened, they will be encouraged, They will be edified. So the trial and testing of our faith, when you go through successfully, wow, it becomes a big edification power that stays for a long time to bless the church. Then, in addition to that, the testing and trying of our faith is preparing for us a greater degree of glory and reward in heaven. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 16 to 18, the Bible says we don't faint because this temporary suffering and the reverses, the persecutions, the challenges we have, are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. So when we suffer with Jesus, then we are rewarded. Of course, if your faith has been tested and tried and proved, certainly you 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 get a lot of glory and honor and reward because you have endured. You, 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 have, you have endured. You have, James chapter 1 verse 12 says that and blessed is the man who endures trial because when he has overcome God himself will give you a crown of life. But yet another reason why the trial and testing of our faith is important is in First Peter chapter one, from verse six to eight, Peter argues that gold is tested by fire. Silver is tested. And when it is it passes through fire, both gold and silver they are purified. By the result of the fiery testing, how much more our faith? Our faith is more precious than gold and silver, so it also has to be tested. When it is tested, there is purification. The tested faith is more precious than an untested faith. It's like a young man who says, For me. I will never be sick and an old man who says for me look because of my faith sickness has been held at bay for the past 30 years which of these two declarations of faith will you respect definitely the faith which has been tested and passed through fire but two more The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 14, that when we suffer and our faith is tested, the spirit of God and glory rests upon us. You know, James chapter 1, from verse 2 to 4, says something which, whenever I read, I have to balance it with Romans chapter 5 from verse 3 to 5, in order to be sure I'm on level ground. He says, count it all joy when you face various trials and temptations. Because the trial, the testing of your faith, produces perseverance. And this perseverance brings character. And if you allow it to have its full scope, you will be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And Paul also says the same thing virtually in the Romans 5 from 3 to 5. It says we rejoice in suffering because when we are tested and tried and proven, it builds a certain steadfastness of character in us. And God pours hope and love into our hearts. Hope that does not make a shift. Now, the, the, the good thing about that is that the trial and testing of our faith in itself matures us. It grows us. It, it, it helps us We don't like it, we don't enjoy it, but it does us a lot of good. It changes our philosophy, it puts into our mouth a different type of message. Our opinions change. Certain maxims and mantras we hold and throw around, we drop them. You see? I heard a young man preaching the other time. He said, In a Christian who is poor, you are sinning. That's why. Why should you be a Christian and be poor? It's because you are sinning. You are committing some sin. Because the Lord blesses. As for me, I will never be poor. But Jesus himself said in John chapter 12 that the poor you have with you always. Therefore, I mean, I, I know that after that preacher has said that, the next 30 years, when you listen to him, he won't be preaching like that. When you preach and teach without experience, without testing of your faith, without the trials and challenges of life, you say you throw out certain things you you know you say for me i believe that uh, every christian uh, should find a husband and i believe but after you go through life's experiences the tests the challenges the trials of faith you see that you drop some of those maxims you drop some of the mantras And you have a new and different opinion because of the testing that you have come through. And I want to spend the rest of the time working through how to recover from the trial of faith. Because I find that a majority of Christians, when you trust God for finances, or the passing of an exam, or for healing, and it doesn't work, and you fail the exam, the money doesn't come, or you have to be rushed to the hospital. And the medicine you didn't want to swallow you got jabs instead for a lot of Christians their they faith crashes they tell themselves, I will never believe God again for this for me that Bible oh in fact this time I won't read my Bible like that and i won't pray for me in prayer I've given up on prayer because You know, I prayed for this thing, but the person died. My faith is shattered. I sympathize with all the parties involved. We need to remember that God is passing you through a school, and that school is to help strengthen your faith and prepare you for the future the wisdom of God is that even a child when you are running you fall down you hurt yourself when you take a knife or you are a child you put your hand into fire it burns you why? because if it doesn't burn you you learn to think that fire doesn't burn and next time, you put your hand into it again and get more hurt. But if you put your hands into the fire and it burns you the first time, next time you see fire, you have wisdom. You don't send your fingers there again. Those chubby fingers of yours, see fire, say fire. You see knife, say knife. In the same way, faith, hope, and love These three abide They are eternal They go beyond the grave So God must cool you In how your faith Will grow Be strong And be in the right direction So Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 It says looking unto Jesus The pioneer and perfecter Of our faith the author and finisher of our faith, the beginning and end of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, now he is seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 36 to 39, he says, very soon, the one we are looking for will come. And We shouldn't look back, because anyone who turns back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So we do not belong to those who look back and are destroyed, like Lord's wife, but those who persevere and collect the reward. We have to understand also that your faith is the shield with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, 16 and 17. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is going round like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour resist him steadfastly in faith. What does that mean? It means Satan too knows that you use your faith to resist him. You use your faith to quench all his fiery darts. Therefore, his aim is to swallow your faith. That's it. And God's aim is that your faith should be so strong that it can resist Satan and cause him to flee. James chapter 4 verse 7 Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. So, both God and Satan are very interested in your faith. And Satan wants your faith to crash. He wants you to lose your faith. Jesus said to Peter that I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So, God wants you with a stronger, more robust, more muscular faith. Satan wants to swallow your faith, to crush your faith. He wants you to see that God is a liar. You can't trust God. God is not dependable. You can't trust the word of God. All this prayer, prayer talk is nonsense. You try it and see. Do you see? Do you see that he has disappointed you? I told you that God disappoints people and you said that God is not a liar. Do you see? You, you see? You prayed for this sick person. He's dead now. You were praying for a, a, a wife. Uh, uh, last year you said you will be married by this. time. Are you married? Are you married? You see. Then he turns you. So, the battle for our faith, the struggle for our faith is why the tests of faith come. And they go on through life. You can remember Abraham. Look at him. 25 years waiting for a child. The child is born And he's growing. And God comes to test again that bring the child and sacrifice him. So you can see that uh, there is nowhere cool. There is no time when you say, well, the way I've matured uh, my faith. No, there's nothing like that. Each time that your faith is tested, it grows or it becomes stagnant or it depreciates so the testing the trying of your faith is a continuous game and you stand to benefit if you build a robust faith that works for you under all circumstances and may i also add that whenever your faith is crushed whenever you are disappointed in god Whenever you feel God has let you down, whenever you feel the Bible has deceived you, whenever you, you you sense in yourself that, no, I trusted God and the thing didn't happen, you need to pick yourself up by sitting before the Lord. You can go on a fast, you can, you know, take time off, in solitude you can decide to wake up in the night alone to sit before the lord but what you, are, you do you are doing is that you go to strengthen yourself in the lord that's first Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 when david's mighty men went to ziklag and saw that their wives and children had been taken captive, they had burned Zechariah. David and his mighty men, they wept. And they, they were speaking of stoning David. But the Bible says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. So, there are different occasions, but you must look for time to go back to the Lord and strengthen yourself in him. This is why you find Jesus, you know, Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness to go and pray. Look at Gethsemane. Look, times when Jesus, Mark 1, 35, and in the morning, rising up a long while before day, Jesus went to a solitary place and there he prayed. Why? He goes back for fellowship with the Father to reassure him that... This is the road. You are okay, my son. You are on the road. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Go ahead. I am with you. I won't leave you. I, I know why I'm doing this thing this way. You go ahead. I'm reminded of this, Judges, chapter 20, 21, the, the story of a Levite who had a concubine from Bethlehem. And the concubine misbehaved and ran away to the father. And so, this Levite, he's he's not named in the Bible, but he chased her to the father-in-law and stayed there three days eating, drinking. But finally, he refused to listen to the father-in-law to take another day off. And he was journeying back to his hometown. And he had to spend the night in Gibeah. So the men of Gibeah came and knocked on the door at night and wanted to sodomize him. But he finally brought out his concubine. And they raped her until morning and she died. So, these Levites cut the concubine into twelve parts and sent each part to one of the tribes of Israel. And the whole Israel rose up as one man, came together. The man told his story. Then, they told the people of Gibeah, hand over the people who did this thing, and we will deal with them, and that's okay. No. The people of Gibeah would not listen to that. And their friends, the Benjamins, got behind them. So, Israel had to go to war, civil war. And they inquired of the Lord, who will go first? And God said, Judah. And the next day, when they went for the battle, can you believe the Benjamites and sharpshooters from Gibeah they won the battle it was pathetic and they killed so many of the Israelites that they came back and wept before the Lord and fasted and said why? And they were encouraged by the Lord to go. The next day they went, they were whipped again by these Benjamites. They came back and they were before the Lord, praying, fasting. And the Lord told them that they should go again the next day and that he will give the Benjamites into their hands. Long story short, on the third day they ambushed these men of Gibeah, and finally won the battle. But, it's an instance of doing the will of God. Hearing God telling you, go, but suffering defeat. And not once, but the second time also. And it was the third time that they won. And whenever I read that story, I go back and tell myself, yeah, in doing the will of God, in trying to enforce the will of God, impress the will of God. Second Timothy chapter three, verse twelve says, All that will live righteous in Christ he says, shall suffer persecution. And the persecution itself does not mean it's not the will of God. You can be 100% in the will of God, but suffer for it. Look at Paul in Acts chapter 16. It was God who told them, come over to Macedonia and help us. But when they got there, they cast out demons from a slave girl. And the Bible says, they they were beaten and put into jail and put into stocks. That's it. They were doing the will of God. But the end of that will of God was that they were in jail. It was when they were singing praises to God that there was an earthquake. And out of that, the Philippian jailer became born again. So, trial of faith is not pleasant, but it's a necessity. And when it does come, you need to do everything to be restored. Go back into the presence of God with thanksgiving, praises, worship, so that You can build your faith again in God. God bless you in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for helping us to go through the trial and test of faith. Lord, it's exciting to know that without faith, it's impossible to please you. And that faith pleases you. We are calling upon you once again to strengthen our hearts. That as we go through life's trials, tests, challenges, we will not lose our faith on the way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensa God bless you.